0: Podcast. He is Chris Marlar. I am Kyle Guerra. Marler, let me be the first to say that 2020 can go straight to you nowhere. First person to say that, officially, this year. My goodness.
1: This... Yeah, it just
2: doesn't
0: stop, huh? No, it just doesn't because, you know, I should have known that when we were recording the other day and we're like, The slate's going to be great, even though the games, you know, eh, okay. It's seven games. It's seven SEC games. That's great. We have three. We have three left, and by the time we're finished recording this podcast, I hate to be that guy, but at the rate that we're going, we're probably going to have to scrap this part, and it's going to be like the entire SEC slate is canceled.
1: That's reality right now. So, I I feel like I told you this, like, on Monday, or maybe I told Will, and I I didn't, like, want to look too much into it, but when I was, like, going over some, like, the – like, the, you know, research or whatever for the weekend. And I was looking at, like, first half lines, of course, as I do. All of the SEC ones were taken off the board. It was the only one, like, only games that were taken off the board. And it was it was on Monday. And I was like, that's kind of odd. And then, obviously, the, like, the news breaks the next day. But, like, I, I just, it's been one thing after another. Um, and I'm going to try to stay as positive as possible. Yes, because we're going to try. We had the Masters still this weekend. Yep. there's There's still, like... This this is still like a sports fans' dream unless Patrick Reed somehow wins, and I don't know, like everyone gets COVID in Tuscaloosa,
0: and Imagine Dragons is playing on repeat on every single TV station for the rest that of 2020. Sound that bad right now, uh, to so I mean, it would be a very 2020 thing to happen. I think we can yeah. agree on that. Four SEC games have been postponed, one of which kind of canceled, but kind of not. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna have to we we have to talk about the ramifications of the postponements and everything that it could potentially create in the SEC. We're gonna be joined by our good buddy Peter Burns later on, who's gonna give us some some good positive vibes. That's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna try and do today. And then we're ending with a fourth and wrong foursome of hell. That's the goal. The foursome because, yes, the nightmare foursome that you have done a great job putting together. We got our friends to be able to contribute to this. We got people in the Facebook group. Some people were able to contribute to that. We, of course, have our nightmare foursomes to play golf with. So we're going to get to all of that, I promise. We're still going to have picks and stuff and over-unders for these three SEC games. That's the good news. Yeah. Before we get to all of that, though, Marler, we have two friends to tell us about. It's not. Yeah. It's not just FanDuel, but you have to tell us about DraftKings as well.
1: You know, it's like the games somewhat like keep diminishing in my life, but the gambling just keeps multiplying. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work. Like if you're like making a chart or a graph or thing. Regardless, I love it, and uh, and I'm really excited to tell you guys today. Especially if you are in the state of Tennessee. Okay, sports betting is now fully legal in the state of Tennessee. And the best part about all that is in places where FanDuel and DraftKings are giving us some really awesome promotions, uh, not just in Tennessee, but in, in several states throughout the, the U.S., but you know, I think most of them are like Delaware and stuff like that. I don't care about Delaware. I care about Tennessee. Mm. It's SEC State, Connor. Um, are you ready for this, by the way?
0: No, I, you, you, need to admit, you need to give me a minute because when you throw out Delaware as a state, Delaware is probably state number 48 in terms of the states that I would name if you asked me to name all 50. So I'm a little bit thrown for a loop right now.
1: That's, you know, I, I shouldn't have brought it up. It's, I mean, that's where my ex is from, but it's, it's you, know, you know, it's just, this is, you know what? We got we to start over with the positive vibes. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Tennessee. Yep. We got to go get positive vibes from Tennessee. Never thought I would say that. Regardless, sports betting is now legal in the state of Tennessee. Uh, and if you are in Tennessee, or like I said, one of the several states where sports betting is legal, you're going to want to pay very close attention to this. First up, we've got a master's promotion. Okay? Love it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever bet on golf, Connor. It's exhilarating from what I hear. It is—it's like the longest, like painstaking. If you—if you, it lasts like four hours. Um, regardless, it is a lot of fun, especially during Masters Week. It's—it's uh, it's actually pretty underrated as well. Uh, a promo like this—it's a great way to ease into golf gambling. DraftKings is giving users plus 100 odds for Bryson DeChambeau to make the cut at the Masters. He's—he's he's favored to win.
0: Does he have to Does take a drug test before? Does he have to take a drug test before? He's clean allegedly. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean he he does look like a 12 year old that got on creatine in little league like for sure he also looks like like if bruce arians was like an uber driver in boston so there's also that but he's 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 the overall leader and like the favorite to win this week they're giving you plus 100 odds just for him to make the cut um since he's one of the hottest golfers this entire season this normally would be right around like minus a thousand um or worse honestly so you have to bet like a hundred dollars to win ten but plus 100 $10 $10 wins $10, $100 wins $100, $69 wins $69, nice. So you're getting awesome odds on something that really should happen. Uh, plus, you get to watch Bryson drop bombs, um, trademark Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, all weekend in Augusta. Okay. Uh, if you want to take advantage of that, go to SaturdayDownSouth.com slash DK. I repeat, SaturdayDownSouth.com slash DK. And here's the deal. Like, we're not just doing this, you know, for, for the benefit of, of saying it. Like we need to have some fun this weekend. And oh, this yeah. is where we're going to do it. Uh, I've got one more for those of uh, those that are more into like football and NFL betting um, than the Masters at FanDuel. You can bet on the Colts Titans game at twenty five to one odds. Meaning free money five dollars. It's free money. Five. I mean Derrick Henry. I don't even know who's on the on the Colts anymore. Jacoby Brissett. Okay, I was way off. Regardless. Um, Go ahead, put down $5. You can possibly win $125. It's absolutely free money. That's a nice risk-reward scenario. If you want to get in on that, go to SaturdayDownSouth.com slash FD. Again, SaturdayDownSouth.com slash FD. Um, also, if you want to do both promotions I just outlined, you can get the Masters promo and or the NFL promo. Activate them. Just go to SaturdayDownSouth.com DK or SaturdayDownSouth com fd i tell you what connor here's, here's the thing i'm not trying to be mean it's 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 been a tough year there's not been a lot of winning going on in tennessee but just because the vols are losing doesn't mean you have to lose too true go ahead and turn it around win yourself some money this weekend
0: love it we are going to try and bring the positivity today but we do have to talk about the fact that the majority of the sec slate was postponed auburn mississippi state AM tennessee georgia mizzou Bama LSU, all postponed. Kinda sorta not really that surprised that a lot of these are coming off of bye weeks Halloween. Tom Hart, our good buddy, brought up a great point as well. CDC guidelines recommend that 90 days, you go 90 days between tests if you're positive. Players who tested positive in early August who recovered would now be getting tested, which, you know, we can point fingers all we want. The reality is the same. The reality is we're not going to see these games this weekend.
1: I mean, that's... That, that's. I'm going to point some fingers. Why? Because, so here's, here's the deal. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I, like, I'm not mad that LSU got COVID necessarily because the games got canceled. What is frustrating, and, and I'm, I'm like, Alabama doesn't need to go play LSU this weekend. There, there's, there's literally no positive benefit for them to go play LSU, especially if they have like, you know, like half their team missing, Right. Where, where i get frustrated with this is we, we talked about this before the season started and i said like you know what if you're like a third string player that that isn't getting a lot of playing time getting kind of frustrated and, and like you know how do we know that that kind of player is going to put the team's best interest and, and make that a priority like you know if so we also talked about how what happens when some of these teams you know start realizing like th- th- this is not their year they're going to be going you know yep. one and five two and four whatever and and then do they shut down? Do they quit? And and do they mail it in? And like, there's a difference between mailing it in, and mailing it in with absolutely no regard uh, for the impact that it could potentially have on the rest of the team, fans, opposing teams, then the whole conference. Um, if something like this happened, where I get frustrated is like, I'm not even mad that LSU went out like for Halloween parties like the the same night after they got just skull dragged by Auburn. Sure, it wasn't just LSU. Oh, no, without a doubt. And then, like, and, like, but I know that's the one that kept getting brought up. And, like, listen, I, like, I totally get it. I was in college. I loved drinking. We, we were a part of some, some tough losses as a team. And, yeah, that was, like, one of the first things we did. Where I get frustrated is that it has such a huge impact. And, and, and there, there are consequences that were, like, laid out beforehand. And it does feel like, and it's not just LSU, but it does feel like it's a blatant disregard to the, the consequences because it's not going to affect you as much
0: contact tracing is the big issue right now Mm -hmm. that is the big issue not necessarily the overload of positive tests but the contact tracing that has sidelined sec players for 14 days and we have heard of course this has been a constant throughout the year but now at this point later in the season we are running into some difficult decisions that are going to have to be made the interesting thing
1: this is where i'm upset
0: lsu can't play florida and bama on the same day um You know they could try. I don't really know how well that would go, but I tend to think that LSU wouldn't sign up to do that. The question becomes: Well, what happens then that day? That is the built-in makeup day for the SEC. Which credit to the SEC that for actually having one of those as opposed to the Big Ten. Ohio State just had its game canceled against Maryland. Not good. Is it twelfth?
1: December twelfth is the makeup day. I was going to call that not a makeup date. I was calling that a bye week before the SEC championship game. Ah, yeah. So
0: it could end up being a bye week, though. It could end up being a bye week for Alabama, or it could even end up being a bye week for Florida. What we have found out from Greg Sankey in the statement released from the SEC, if both of these teams have the division locked up and it is essentially a meaningless game in terms of the co- the conference standings to play that game on December 12th, one would think that they would just say, all right, LSU, you're not playing anybody. What's the I don't point even know this? why it's, it's even being discussed. So it's it, being discussed because LSU, if it gets that game canceled, if it gets that game canceled, we'll have just three home games in 2020. The potential, who cares? I, I'm saying from LSU's perspective why they would want to continue to play this because it's a million dollars of revenue to be able to have that home game in their stadium in a year in which they're losing dozens of millions of dollars. I'm, sa- I'm not uh-huh. saying that's right. I'm saying that's the motivation to be able to play these games and not have these
1: games just outright canceled. Right, so if you're in control of that, and you and you like, if somebody says, "Hey, listen, here's the consequences. You can miss games. You you might lose games in the season. You might not be able to go to uh, the SC championship. You might not be able to make up the games. You might like whatever. It, it's going to cost you a million dollars." Everyone knew the like what they were supposed to be doing, and they and it didn't happen. So like, so my issue is, it's not that it it happened because they're kids and they went they went out and it happened everywhere. My issue is. If you're looking at it from a conference standpoint, I'll, I'll say it first from just a fan. I would be pissed if we have to have a makeup date for Bama LSU in a game that is meaningless. It is gonna like absolutely has zero reward and all the risk for Bama to go to Baton Rouge and for uh, play a team that's already proven like they aren't taking the, the like the COVID thing seriously and risk getting not just like missing the bye week before the biggest game of the year but also potentially having your own players infected.
0: I don't think they're going to make Bama play the game if Bama has the division clinched. I don't think they're going to make Florida play the game if Florida has its division clinched. That was the feeling that we got from this statement that came out from the SEC. Nothing is set in stone. There's not really a precedent for this. There's really not. No, there's not. You've seen some of the things that have come out now about even Greg Sankey having the power to technically name a conference champion if everything fell apart and we saw games left and right canceled. The the rules the rule is, is supposed to be that if you are one you have to be within one game less of what the conference average of games played is. So if the average number of bad. games yeah if the average number of games played by an SEC team by SEC teams this year is nine point two five, it would get rounded down to nine. And then to qualify for the SEC championship, you would have had to have played eight games. Now, here's the caveat. You can be Bama and be – let's say Bama is 7-0. Let's say Bama yeah. is 7-0, but they had one of their games canceled as a result of LSU having these COVID issues, right? That mm. would actually count towards their total games and not necessarily on their record. So it would okay. help a team like Bama. So, that's, what, so that's, that's the good news is that there is yeah. at least some sort of wiggle room that has been able to be decided on by the SEC right. so that it's not just like, hey – Bama's gonna get screwed over here because or Florida's well, gonna get screwed over here because <laughs> another team is testing positive for COVID week after week.
1: Right. And so and, and that's and like I'm glad you said you brought up the Florida point too, because because the biggest issue I have with all this is not just, you know, my favorite team has played this game. I I, just, I I was like in the very like like, <clears throat> like the large minority of this yesterday, but I, I don't I don't want Alabama and LSU to play this year. Like it just there's just there's nothing to gain from it for either team. You know what I mean? Like just just cancel it, move forward, and we'll figure out how to go from there. Break
0: touchdown records, maybe. I don't know. That could be fun. Who
1: cares? I like, care. Just, I want to see that. I want to see like points. Like and people, people talk about like like the revenge part of it. They want to do like it's Heisman stuff or or whatever. The point is to win a national championship. So I don't care about this meaningless game when you have so much more you could we could lose. Regardless, from the the thing that makes me the most upset about this is the position that like some people brought up the idea of pushing back the SEC Championship game. I think Sankey mentioned it, like wasn't saying at all that it was like a plan or anything like that, but it was brought up. Yeah. And that is what like angered me the most. Cause like you've, you've done a really good job of of being like the like the leader of this, you know, and, and kind of at the forefront and setting the schedule and, and what we're gonna do. And and really in a great position where you have three teams that are in contention for the playoff. And as I already said, if you, if you lose out on the bye week before the SEC Championship game, that's not great. If you end up having to play all these games in a row, and then the SEC championship game, or if it's moved back, and now you don't have enough time to prepare for the the conference or the, the cultural playoff. Ten days that, in between that to keep right. keep that in mind, which is the shortest so, if, amount so of time. So you that don't, see. right? So now you you possibly don't have like as much of a, uh, a like time off or a buy before the like the actual biggest games of the year, right? Or twelve days. But by. yeah, go ahead. If you've moved it back, and then they have moved that back, that now gives the Big Ten and possibly the Pac twelve, but mainly the Big Ten like way more power in saying like well you know what like they miss games like you know we we can we can still finish up at the same time like we're 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 like or having it an extra week as well and it just it really bothers me that like in a year where i feel like we really had the upper hand in in a lot of ways as, like as a conference i don't like having like the door opened in that even the slightest bit for like the big 10 to somehow it like benefit or or the acc benefit from The SEC pushing things back. I'll say this.
0: There is a move that the SEC can make that's not necessarily related to the conference championship directly. (laughs) That is following in the footsteps of the Big Ten. Now, I know following in the footsteps of the Big Ten in 2020 seems like a horrendous idea. I'll be the first to admit that. But what the Big Ten already had set in its schedule was that the weekend of conference championship, it would have all of these other teams play each other, the crossover. So like if you were the third best team in the Big Ten West, you would face the third best team in the Big Ten East. And so what the SEC can theoretically do for the games that aren't going to have an (coughs) impact on the division standings, you could have... Oh, let's say like Auburn has to make up a game, you know, against against Mississippi State and move it back to potentially that same right. day of the SEC Championship. Keeping in mind, the SEC Championship was moved from 4 p.m. Eastern this year to 8 p.m. Eastern this year. So, if you wanted to have all of those games during the day and not worry about, hey, are we going to have our yeah. you know, eyes deviated, whatever? Then I get. I mean, that's a small detail in my opinion, but theoretically, you would have room to do that, as weird as that would be.
1: Yeah. I, and, and and that none of that matters to me because I just you know like I I can say right now I'm not going to be having a split screen with teams trying teams trying
0: to get to bowl and, games yeah. and stuff like that home well, revenue but there's all no
1: that. there's no like uh, what do you call it like you know
0: threshold for a bowl game
1: exactly um, that's the word I was not improving looking, yes that's improving
0: bowls bowl standing though is, sure. is what these teams are yeah. going
1: to do I just I think that like again I'm I'm not even just trying to like from a fan standpoint I'm frustrated if they play the game because I just think it's like hey it's a wash let's do like the best thing. Think about it, like if you're a Florida fan, if you're a Bama fan, and I'm not trying to exclude AM, it's just that those two seem like they're on a, you know, a collision course with, the, with the, the title game. If something happens where you've now added this game and you've added like just more variables to like, what happens if Mac Jones, what happens if Kyle Trask, what if what if some one of these guys gets COVID? Can you, you can't just keep pushing back the season. And I, I know theoretically you could, but it's like, also at some point, it, you just gotta like, we gotta be held accountable for what we're supposed to be doing. If you are a Bama or a Florida
0: fan who is worried about potentially playing that December 12th game with it not having any sort of bearing on whether or not your team is going to win the division, sleep soundly knowing this one thing. What has been the constant throughout 2020? Greg Sankey, when it comes to scheduling, when it comes to playing games, when it comes to everything, it's been about getting the best SEC team to the playoff, all right? If that is so. if that is the issue that is facing the league come December twelfth and they have to make a decision, hey, do we want to have Bama play this game against LSU? Hey, do we want to have Florida play this game against LSU? If the division is locked up, I, I would be very surprised if they okay. made this if
1: they made this still happen. So that that's well, that's just I wish my, my told me my that guess last night because I've been pretty upset for a while now. <laughs> also, um, I did love what he said about you know, he doesn't make his decisions based off of off of Twitter. You do that um, sometimes, right? I mean, so yeah, like duh. I live that life a, a, a quarter tweet at a time. <laughs> um, but like, no, it, like I, I think that, that that is very reassuring, and, and I don't I don't think they should. I'm not trying to say cater to them, but it's like you, you absolutely cannot have the SEC championship game from a conference standpoint be marred because of yeah I don't think all these will. other teams impacting it. And, that, and okay, that because that makes me feel a lot better that it's like not protecting them, but also like all right, they can't be punished because of all these other Mistakes right, and, and like, right. listen, it's spiking everywhere across the country. I, I keep cracking up because I'll see like, like people like like my aunt and, and stuff on Facebook that'll be like, it's real funny how we haven't heard anything about COVID since last week. I'm like, I, where are you looking? Because it's everywhere. Yeah. like it's everywhere. But um, and the last thing I'll say about this, did you see uh, by any chance, what's Mike Greenberg this morning? When
0: is that question ever going to be answered with an astounding yes?
1: I I mean. So, I mean, I watch it sometimes. And Feinbaum was on. And they were talking about the, the LSU-Bama game. And at like, the very end of the segment, I knew I was going to get mad before he even started talking. I just I knew it. And, and he said, you know, honestly, like I mean, this is the biggest game of the year. And this could be the Super Bowl for LSU. Um, I, <sighs> all right. Okay. What I'm saying is I wish I would have we- talked to you instead of watching Mike Greenberg. We'll leave it at that. Let's
0: get to some picks and over-unders that we do still have left on the board. As of right now, you know, tentatively speaking, 3.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. So, you know, play this by ear. That's the par for the course for 2020. Let's start with the best game of the weekend. Can we do that? Is that, is that good? Are you, are you okay guess, doing I mean, that? Yeah, of course. Arkansas and Super Florida. Prepared. Arkansas and Florida is, in my opinion, easily the best game mm-hmm. of the weekend. Maybe not in spread, which is 17.5. All these spreads are according to our friends at FanDuel. I guess Florida minus 12. You guess Florida minus 16.5. Kudos to you. You get the win oh, on goodness. that. The over-under I have is the word letdown used on the broadcast. I set the over-under at 2.5. What?
1: Well, I, I don't I don't want to sound dumb, but I didn't even think that didn't cross my mind.
0: There you go. All right. So the under's so going to hit zero. That. Okay. Hammer the under. There are so many things to talk about with this game in terms of storylines, in terms of moving yeah. pieces. We find out on Monday that Sam Pittman tested positive for COVID. <sighs> he had a subsequent test after not going to be able to coach in that game. Typical 2020 stuff, SEC Coach of the Year, in my opinion, has what you could debate is his best win of the season, a double-digit win against Tennessee. Again, yeah. that's, de- that's debatable. After and then, of being course, down by double digits. Yeah, after being down by double digits. And then, of course, on Sunday, he tests positive for COVID. What else would we expect in a year can like we this? Say,
1: can I just say something? Because I, I know everyone's thinking it. And, I, and honestly, I'm not even going to rule it out. How did, that, how did only one coach get the false positive?
0: Before
2: I don't want to do. don't go down that road.
1: I don't want to go down that road. It's really like maybe there's... I just, Easy.
2: Heal.
0: You're a little on edge today. We didn't I land on tell. the moon. <laughs> there's also a tropical storm warning in Gainesville. The good news... What? We are expected to have some beautiful weather in Gainesville. I've been following that storyline as a Central Floridian, as a Central Floridian who's moving his entire life on Friday. So yes, I've been keeping tabs on the rain. Hopefully, the worst of that is going to be over by the oh, weekend. Moving in the rain. Oh, I, I don't think we're gonna ice have to. Storm one time.
1: Ugh. Whoa. Why? It was like twenty. It was like twenty thirteen. So it's like to be fair, I didn't have a lot of things. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah.
0: So many storylines. So so many mm-hmm. storylines. Barry Odom is the interim coach for this game in in replacement of Sam Pittman. Keep in mind, it was Barry Odom who dialed up that game plan to dominate Florida 2018 just after the cocktail party. Ironically enough, that was when Felipe Franks got benched for Kyle Trask. How the turntables, yeah, full circle, see what we did there? The Felipe Franks reunion. In my opinion, he is the SEC comeback player of the year. I think if you're going to name names, yeah. you'd put Matt Corral on that list. You'd put Larry yeah. Roundtree on that list. Yeah. There's maybe a case to be made for Kellen Mond, though, at the same time. I don't know if he's necessarily in that camp just because it wasn't like he was horrible last year and he didn't have like some big injury. So I
1: I got a most improved award my junior year of high school and I actually led the county in hitting, and it was one of the most insulting things I've ever had. So if, if he gets that, God... Thoughts and prayers, brother. I just got into
0: uh, Lauren. And I just got into a fight about whether or not most improved is a positive or negative thing, and she's definitely w- agreeing with you and says it's a. negative Connor, thing. I led the
1: county in hitting. Sick, brother. Like most improved, that like ugh, I also got an attitude and hustle award, which I can tell you right now I did not have a good <laughs> attitude about.
0: Felipe, thirteen to one TD to INT ratio since That's... that Georgia game. Here's something crazy to think about. Okay. So, yeah, after the Georgia game. In his last 13 games since Mizzou in 2018, 25 to 6 TD to INT, 66% passing, 2,988 passing yards, 9.2 yards per attempt, 382 rushing yards, five rushing TDs, 3,370 total scrimmage yards, 30 total touchdowns, and his teams went 10 and 3. And you could debate the Auburn game, but then I go back to okay, well, he also got credit for the win against Kentucky you know, when Kyle Trask came in last year. So that kind of evens
1: itself out. You are in your bag today. Just, I mean, you got everything. everything I got Everything covered. I got everything.
0: Yeah. Felipe in this reunion. How is he received? It was kind of cool to see some of the comments that came out. Dan Mullen talking about how much, mm. you know, they, they text. Felipe still still texts with Dan's Dan's wife as well. Kyle Trask. <laughs> and I, I wanted to just slip that in there without any sort of laugh. I just wanted to slip that in there. I wonder know? what those texts are. Kyle Trask also texts with Felipe all the time. Cool to see that. I hope that he gets a warm welcome reception in Gainesville. Because in my opinion, this is kind of when the transfer portal works. And this is kind of both sides got yeah. something that really benefited them and yeah. to Arkansas for, you know, who was obviously after De'Eric King, who of course ended up at Miami, but Arkansas ended up with a guy who's been really, really steady. And right. hey, by the way, he started every game for them. That was gonna be the victory for Arkansas this year. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what Felipe can do in his return to Florida.
1: You know, I think um, it's one of those things. It's so interesting because you're right. It's it's been, like, mutually beneficial for for both sides. It's been great. Um, And, you know, every week I feel like we would say, like, who are we not talking enough about? And usually I kind of, you know, veer towards, like, Isaiah Spiller or Matt Corral or somebody like that. Like, Felipe Franks, we have not – we've just done a giant disservice to him. We haven't talked about him nearly enough. And I tell you what. Like, what's most impressive about this, because I saw those numbers the other day, and, like, like I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, his actual body of work for, his, like, for, like, the narrative that's that's made about him and what we, what, even on this podcast, have yep. said about him, it's always like, oh, you know, like, Felipe's going to Felipe, or blah, blah, blah. Like, he has been great this season. And what, what impresses me most is you bring up, like, the, the last 13 games, right? Um, his full season at Florida in 2018, he had 27 total touchdowns and six interceptions, which is really good numbers. But when I remember doing like a breakdown of it, and it was like, okay, here's here's what it was against like the SEC, and it was only like ten touchdowns, like passing touchdowns, and still had like all of his interceptions, like in like league play. So, you know, reading that, my my opinion was like, all right, well, against good competition, maybe it's this is where he struggles. We've seen him play a full season only against SEC teams this year in in a much more difficult situation. Away than from the scheme, Florida. that's the key point. Right, and and also like with a program that probably isn't nearly as loaded from a talent standpoint as Florida. So I think this has been like a really an incredible story. And we talk about Pippen all the time and, and how great that is, but really a guy that we're not just giving enough love. Uh, wow. I mean, you said 13 touchdowns, one interception. It's equally as impressive Just to say the whole resume, 14 and three.
0: Yeah, pretty darn good. I listed him right now as the number five quarterback in the SEC. And depending on how you feel about that six interception game from Matt Corral, you can make the case that he deserves to be even mm-hmm. higher on that list. How does Florida respond if Florida doesn't have Kyle Pitts, who is questionable to play in this game? Mm -hmm. That's a question worth asking because we saw what the offense looked like in the second half of that game against Georgia. We also saw that offense sort of take a little bit of a step back when Pitts was out late against Texas A&M. You know, I think that if you take away Kyle Pitts from that team, it does change things. It definitely does. Now that's not yeah. to say that Florida doesn't still have weapons. Kadarius Tony, nice. Trayvon Grimes, and the running backs catch passes like their wide receivers at this point. But it's interesting that if they don't have a fully healthy Kyle Pitts, how does that play into Barry Odom's game plan? Because that's something yeah. that I think that Arkansas fans, when they saw that news on Monday, that Kyle Pitts was questionable, they're like, All right, now now it feels like we might actually yeah. have a chance to stay more in this game.
1: What a roller Christopher for Day for for Hogs fans. Um yeah, you know, honestly, I think I think the the Kyle Pitts thing. I think by all means, this is a game that Florida should win and expect to win. And, and I, listen, I love the underdog story, and I, and it would be awesome to watch Arkansas pull off yet another victory and all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. But when you talk about like a team like Florida and this this team kind of trying to find its way and 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 kind of you know against all the naysayers, against all the odds, get to the SEC championship and possibly the playoff. What an incredible like situation you find yourself in. Of last week, finally getting over the hump. That, that you know, few people thought you were going to be able to do at the start of the season in beating Georgia, and now if you don't have Kyle Pitts, this is such a, a great opportunity to to rally the team to to you know like overcome more adversity and and have I guess like even more confidence in your team that like listen we might be down yeah. like our absolute star player, but that doesn't matter. We're still we're still going to do this whatever we want on offense. We're still going to win games, and I, I think it's a really good opportunity because man, if you can win this game against a good Arkansas team without him. I mean, it's got to help your confidence. They're going to the rest of the season.
0: I'll take Florida to win, but I'm going to stay with the – and I shouldn't say stay with because I picked against them last week. But Arkansas continuing its unbeaten streak of covering. So Arkansas covers Florida wins this game. What do you think?
1: I, I don't know. I'm going to take Florida to win for sure. I don't want to pick against Arkansas because they're 6-0 and against the spread. Yep. But I'm going to. Um, I'll take I'll take Florida. I just grant them and Felipe. That'll be a fun matchup to watch, so. All
0: right. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about this game. Fandy and Kentucky. No, we're not. Kentucky is a 16.5-point favorite. I guess Kentucky minus 13. You said Kentucky minus 9.5. Put some respect on Mark Stoops' name. Uh, the over-under that I have was Kentucky passing yards. I set it at 119. Why did I set it at 119? Because Kentucky is dead last among Power 5 teams at 180
1: passing yards per game Connor I'm gonna I'm gonna veto this game right now and here's why I don't want to not talk about a a, a, you know alienate a fan base or and you've obviously put in a lot of work and looking this stuff up and it's you know it, it is a game this weekend Let's just go to we our picks. We owe it to ourselves. Let's just go so, to our yeah, picks. We'll do a pick. Fine, we'll do a pick. But like, let's let's we can still talk about the Masters and a lot more fun stuff and and really get this this positivity train rolling. And this right. is not going to help.
0: This is you're you're right. Okay, I'm going to take Kentucky and the SEC's number one defense right now. That's right. Kentucky is the number one defense in the SEC. Big Chris Rodriguez game. I have guessed Kentucky wrong every single week against the spread. So I'm going to take Kentucky to cover, but fade away on that one um it's it's on the road i swear one of these days you are going to listen to the order um, in which i say take, when a
1: matchup is played kentucky is the home team in this one i'll take kentucky uh to win but i'm gonna take vandy to cover vandy's actually two and oh uh against the spread on the road kentucky one and two at home not great i don't know i mean this is going i'm not gonna like watch a lot of this game i'll be honest south carolina old miss the spread in this game is
0: ten and a half in favor of Ole Miss. I was dead wrong on this. I guessed Ole Miss minus four. You guessed Ole Miss minus five and a half. Ooh. Way off on this one. The over/under I have is references to Nick Saban disciple text chain. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, these two guys, these two coaches, both a part of it. Lane Kiffin went into a little bit more detail than Will Muschamp was willing to. But I set the over/under at one point
1: five references to that uh under under i would if i was on the broadcast i would mention this a lot more than one and a half times well yeah because you would be i'm trying to manipulate and and beat the the spread that you just said um i do want to say give a shout out to our friend chris phillips bearded tomato from spurs up show because you know big big rivalry in the sec him and and will muschamp i think because he's pretty adamant he wants him gone muschamp maybe not a part of the text chain but watching his daily facebook live
0: that could that be a variety. I'm closing it a little bit. That could be a variety of things. That could be a variety of things. Um, I think they need to get rid of Ray Tanner if they're going to get rid of Will Muschamp. I want. I want to go on record and saying that oh, so South Carolina fans, if you if you hear, oh Ray Tanner fired, then it's coming. It's coming. And they're they're yeah. smart enough to know that. Um, had a lot of interesting conversations about South Carolina the last three days with people. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Two consecutive blowout losses, and South Carolina is a double-digit dog to a year-one coach who has two wins. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Since South Carolina's Outback Bowl, Outback Bowl win against Michigan, 9-13 against the SEC, 11 of those losses were by at least 14 points. That is real bad. Four and 11. In SEC road games and two of those, that's half fifty percent, were at Vandy. So that's probably why South Carolina is a ten and a half point road dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, just another situation, I'm just over it. I like I will I'll be watching this strictly because I wanna I can't get enough of watching Matt Corral throwing Eli Moore and, and Lane Kiffin's offense like that, especially after like, you know, an off week. Um the, I think the, the fan base has really like we're like at ninety five percent has lost confidence in in Will Muschamp. It was I guess reassuring for for him that a lot of the players came up and defended him this week. I just I, that the never same matters. Thing with Kirby Smart. That never no it matters. doesn't. But, I, but I'm saying like at least you don't have like the feel publicly that they're they're quitting. Um, I I just I feel like just like the Kirby Smart thing with the quarterback situation. I get that we're not at practice every day, we're not seeing it, but again, you have to make a change at some point because, like, the results are the same every week. And yeah. and you know, if I watched him get just absolutely it's just their brains beat in last night or last week at home, and then he attempts that stupid field goal, I have no faith God, that he's trying to win goal. this game. I hated that field goal. It's so like much. the fourth time we've said that this year. Oh
0: gosh, I hated when Will Muschamp kicks a meaningless field goal. It makes my blood I hate boil. Field
1: goals in general, dude.
0: Positive vibes though. Elijah Moore against J.C. Horn, great matchup, great, great matchup. I feel like J.C. Horn every single week has had these brutal, brutal matchups in terms of number one receivers that he's had to cover. Elijah Moore, number one among Power Five receivers in yards. He is number Good. one in FBS in catches. Five of six games with double-digit catches. Remember last uh, in the beginning of the season when we're doing our predictions yeah. I say, "Oh it's, yeah, say it's, it, not, it's not, it's not going to quite." So he used my uh, prediction to lead the SEC in receiving yards. I said it's not going to be exactly Amari Cooper 2014 when Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. t- took over the offense. But man, the Kiffin boost. I I paced this out. So, Omari Cooper, 14 games, 124 catches, 1,727 yards, 16 touchdowns. Elijah Moore's 14-game pace, 142 catches, 1,934 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He's not going to get 14 games this year. Yeah. But this season that he's putting together is darn good. Like, all-American good. And he's not going to get that kind of love because Ole Miss isn't necessarily going to be one of these contenders. But, man, this guy's having a heck of a year.
1: Yeah, I just now you're kind of depressed me because it's just something thing about that 2014 team when they had a positive eyes. Positive vibes. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, good no point, let's good get point. back. Let's get back. Eli Moore's been awesome. I do love the fact that you got uh, that that right in the beginning of the season because my God, my picks look bad. We KJ Costello and Raheem Boyd. Oh. anyway, um, I, I, yeah, I, I just honestly I think that Ole Miss, like like Lane Kiffin, we we always joke around about how he's he's like, not that we don't take him seriously, but he's just you know. Kind of like a little bit of an internet troll, and he's he's just not like most coaches, right? Like he's he's a lot more laid back and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like you're starting to like at least from like what the quotes coming out of Oxford are, you're seeing him get a little bit more focused. Like he's like digging in and, and like realizing like the potential of what they could be building there. Um, I think they blow him out. I, 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 and yeah. again, this is a perfect example of Lane Kiffin is a Lane Kiffin never coaches with a must champ. Okay, they like they have the same coaching tree, or whatever. But like Lane Kiffin is again a big enough a hole to be like you know what. I'll i end your career right now. Old Miss wins big,
0: big. Yeah. South Carolina gets into a situation where it has to throw the ball. this This ends up being a bad to worse game for Will Muschamp. All right, I can't wait to watch them not run Kevin Harris until the second half when they're down by 20 points. Goodness gracious, poor guy. Lock of the week. You know I had to go. Oh, I had to go there. Uh, we had a push in Lock of the week. Last week, with Georgia State winning by exactly 18 points against Louisiana Monroe. So, technically, lock of the week is still undefeated. We're going to leave it at that. Okay. You're not going to like this, based on the shirt that you're wearing right now. You're wearing an Oregon State Beaver shirt. Oh, Connor. Oregon. Those ducks. Ten and a half point road favorite against Washington State, a team that dealt with a lot of COVID-related issues. I believe that is current. Last, that was, that was why I checked yesterday. Joe Moorhead flex game. Let's go. Beat Stanford like a drum last week, 35-14. to 14. Ran for 269 yards in that game.
1: So, yeah, I, I, I no, 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 you're
0: supposed like, to say nice. There, I stopped for you to oh, say nice. Oh, my bad. Nice. More. Nice. Yeah, okay. Uh, CJ Verdell, who's been in college for like the last 15 years, he is still mm-hmm. legit. Tyler Shuck has become... A little bit of this, like, Trace McSorley type of quarterback for Joe Moorhead, which is a very dangerous thing. It's got a little bit of that that kind of the same way that he moves, that sort of toughness. Washington State led up 451 yards of offense last week to those Oregon State Beavers that you're
1: repping right now. Ducks win by 11 easily. I like it. I like it. I trust you over here on this one. Um, I did your I'm not I'm not going to negative town. I just. I, I think the audience will appreciate it. Um, how my night ended on Saturday because again I thought the Clemson Notre Dame game was over and I had a, a couple of decently sized bets on Clemson so I knew I was going to win and I put the winnings on Oregon State just mm. you know, to support Bay um and then that did not work out but I, I did think it was interesting that Oregon State was a three-point favorite and Oregon only opened up at seven and a half um new quarterback situation yeah, so my my lock of the week, if we I mean, again, check in on the weekend because I'll have like a, a more research done. Um, shout out we went like five and one last week. So you and I are killing it. I'm so, I'm I'm still saying you're undefeated. Um, lock of the week for me. I'm gonna say Wisconsin. Oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. The, against, yeah, against I, don't, Michigan. I don't really like it that I said it out loud. Four point favorite um,
0: against Michigan, is that the
1: line? I I, I saw it at one.
0: Is oh, there, it's down at one.
1: Interesting. That's what opened at one. I haven't checked since Monday. Um, anyway, that that that's what I'm currently leaning to. But also, once that first half line comes out for Ole Miss, I might just jump on that of whatever it is against South Carolina because I think they cover the ten. And if it's less than that in the first half, I think they cover that too. Gotcha. Wow, interesting.
0: All right, more positive vibes. Let's kick it to our good friend SEC Network and SEC Network anchor. Peter Burns, man who knows a little bit, a little bit about golf, which um, you know we we don't. We're we're novice golfers, novice, like we're fair weather golf fans. Like when the Masters comes along, majors, that type of thing. Why
1: are you speaking so much for me? All right, yeah, sorry. Actually, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair.
0: All right, let's go to our interview with Peter Burns. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is our good buddy, SEC Network anchor Peter Burns, PB. We're trying to stick to positive vibes only. Uh, that's our mantra today. So instead of talking about how bummed you are that you don't get to watch LSU get its teeth kicked in against Alabama, tell us one positive thing that happened in your life today.
2: Um, the fact that you guys lied and said you are excited to speak to me right off the bat. that was That was the positive <laughs> thing in my life today. Like, that was a good thing. You're like, you know, because like hosting shows, you're always like, and we're so happy to be joined by one of our favorite guests. You know, you always build it up. And I realize I say that to every single one of my guests that come on my show. Yes. And now I realize how hollow it is because I know you guys aren't excited to talk to me. I mean, I know I'm no, I'm no television Tom Hart or Chris Doring or anybody else. I, I get it. You guys are hard up on a podcast guest this weekend. It's it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, your... First
1: off, we've planned this for weeks because I thought this was going to be revenge season for me. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely, <laughs> I mean, it, our intentions were bad, but we still wanted to talk to you.
2: Right, yeah. The only reason why you wanted to have me on is because you wanted to talk about. So, Peter, um, how wrong are you going to be when it's going to be sixty-three to maybe two uh, LSU Alabama after this weekend? Of course, now the somewhat um, well bad news, but then maybe good news for LSU fans and LSU recruiting is that we will not see LSU Bama this weekend, which which sucks because ultimately, no matter what happens, what the final score was going to be, guys, you got to admit. Masters going into LSU mm-hmm. Alabama was gonna be flipping awesome. Unbelievable. Now we don't get it. Now we don't. Yeah no,
0: we don't. That's true. Did you have a, a realistic number in mind for how many points you thought Bama was gonna score? Or better yet, did you and your wife Lauren, a diehard Alabama fan, have a spread mm-hmm. in mind for your annual bet?
2: um it's funny because we were talking about it let's go let's go first and foremost the most important thing which was going to be the bet that i have with my diehard alabama wife and she said well what are we going to do straight up And i'm like no like you know there's no we're not doing that i'm like i need points and when i saw the line open up at 28 i'm thinking actually i think the bet is i'm going to take alabama laying the 28 maybe she'll take lsu (laughs) plus, plus four touchdowns um so no we didn't get it i mean I, you know, I thought one of the coolest clips this weekend was Justin Thomas was asked over at a, at the Masters, and he was said, "Hey, you know, are you worried that if you're in contention and on Saturday night, you know, you're you worried about the LSU Alabama coming on the game coming on late?" He goes, "No, I think we're gonna beat them by 70 anyway." And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I kind of got upset at that comment. I was like, I don't know if he was wrong. I mean, I, as much as I love my Tigers, I'm like. This could be a game if if Nick Saban was more kind of Dan Mullen esque, or you like old school Spurrier, where he's just like or Kiffin esque. Yeah, like I think I mean legitimately, I think Bama could have scored eighty because the difference is at least Ole Miss. Ole Miss could get the ball and they could score back as well, and that kind of just you know took some time off the clock. I don't think LSU might have had any success scoring, especially now that Miles Brennan was going to play and throwing freaking T.J. Finley out if he was going to even play. I mean, at some point I read that Zach Rosenberg, the 30-year-old punter, was going to possibly play quarterback for LSU, which Didn't would have been hilarious see. <laughs> Yeah, like that that would have been amazing. I mean, what do you guys think? Could they have put up, if they wanted to, just to rub it in, they could have scored 85,
1: 86 seven points maybe i said 70 and i was not kidding around i said it as early as like three weeks ago and i was just just because of like you know i I think if there's ever a moment where just how much it's a huge win for lsu fans last year but just the some of the stuff that happened and like kind of like the the rubbing it in and i think if he ever wanted to prove a point he he would do it and um in in this game and and also you know you brought up the point about lsu not scoring they haven't scored in death valley in like i don't know since like 2012 i think the obama administration so it's like you know here's it i mean I, I do want to say this was not my idea how to start this segment but i but i do love this content
2: <laughs> oh it's it, it's all good like i said i still uh, if you would have told me and last year you're like listen you get the heisman trophy winner you get that you you right. win the national championship you get to hear neck being played in the fourth quarter while you're whooping clemson in new orleans I'd have been like, Beautiful. I don't care what twenty twenty brings the rest of the year, I'll take it. Little did I know it'd be a dumpster fire within a, within a dumpster <laughs> fire for the whole freaking world.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um all right, so, you know, I tell you what. Um let's let's take the mood back to Positive Town and, and we don't have to have all Probama stuff. Um what what is what is who who should we hate more this weekend? Okay, I, I don't know why I said positive and said hate the same sentence, but who should we be cooling <laughs> the hardest against? Coronavirus, the Big Ten, or Patrick Reed?
2: Um, honestly, I mean, all three of them are acceptable choices. Alex, uh, what are, yeah. what are all of them? Um, as a respect to uh, the the goat, Alex Trebek. Uh, I mean, right, honestly, here is the deal: it, it it it's it's COVID. I mean, it's it just stinks because, you know, first of all, I was sold the bill of goods that once the election was over, the whole coronavirus would go away. And obviously that 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 has not uh, come through yet. So maybe they haven't COVID hasn't gotten the um, the email yet or the notification that uh, <laughs> early November has gone by. But, I mean, it, it just stinks, guys. I mean. You know, I mean, we we saw it now. Maryland, Ohio State is going to be canceled um, as well, and it's not just you know. Uh, I saw a lot of people kind of thumbing their nose at the SEC, going, "Oh, well, here you you know, you reap what you sow." I'm like, this is college football. This is America. This is the world that's still having to deal with this thing right now, and I and I'm kind of uh, you know. And Marlar, I got something. I got something a bone to pick with you as if we took this oh, no. detour from positive town. I I saw a tweet that you had saying uh, ripping. I, it felt like it was like this like like Connor was he ripping LSU players for perhaps going to a Halloween party? Is that the tweet? Is no. that is that a fair representation that, that was of what you said intention. or no? It, it okay. so. It was more okay. so the
1: fact that and this is not going to shock anyone that I didn't communicate that clearly. Um, but like I, I, what I was more trying to say is those decisions that were made and, and everyone knows like the what they're supposed to be doing for protocols and they also understand the consequences if they don't it it was frustrating to me if that move and and that decision impacted other teams other contenders like or the entire conference having to reschedule stuff because just of that like you're just because of that like i i totally get kids going like you know in college going to the Halloween parties all that kind of stuff live your life it's been a miserable year man I'm tired of being at home too no I just if that would have <laughs> cost me a national championship because we somehow had to reschedule and then got COVID I'd be pissed
2: yeah I mean it, and it's the it's the crazy thing because you know Mer- Maryland of course you could say it about them because Ohio State and not mm-hmm. not as many games that they're trying to get it and they're going to miss a game now and the, how that plays into Justin Fields and and, again, it, it could happen to a team, you know, Oregon, who I think is the only Pac-12 contender that has an opportunity. What if all of a sudden they can't play Cal because of Cal restrictions and, and so on and so forth? I mean, you know, I, I've looked at this year now and tried to recalculate it, uh, and, and I was this way back in June, right? Like, in June and July, if you would have said, Peter, we're going to have seven games, we're going to have a little bit of a season, but some things are going to cancel, some things are not, will you take it? Remember, like back in early August, we would have been like, hell yeah, give it to me. Like, I'll take that. That's better than nothing. And now I feel like we got it kind of greedy and it'd be like, well, we need more games. I'm like, man, as long as we can get in as many as possible in this weird year, it it feels in the whole year, even covering it, guys, has felt like like really competitive spring football. Like, we're watching extreme, like, we're watching spring football being played. And I think what's happening now is across the country you're getting you're getting players, you're getting coaches uh, have this fatigue of, hey man, we've been we've been practicing since June, we've basically been holed up in a wall, and all of a sudden if one player can't play, then he's contract right. traced with 20 other people. Man, do I really want to do this? And my team is two and four. Like I, I think yeah. we're getting to that point where there's just this fatigue, not just with coronavirus, but just the fatigue of the season in the situation in the whole year 2020 and I think that's why we're starting to see a spike across the country of these games that it ain't going to get any better like it's not a snap of the fingers it just goes away until you know maybe first part of next year
1: yeah well, this took like a turn this took a turn wait when are we going to record
2: uh, I mean this has been fun when are we going to start recording <laughs> uh, <like> you guys, <laughs> a countdown
1: and we'll go um okay what are your top five favorite sad songs um no i'm kidding i'm kidding uh i I, I mean i think those are all good points i i I think here's one thing because there's still teams in contention from from the sec uh you've been banging the drum for a and m having a case with the playoff all year long i love it i completely agree with you um i have also said that i feel like the acc has a better chance of getting two teams in than the sec what do you think happens like realistically come december with that
2: all right, so let's say we're we're still next to the flavor town, we're on the positive town train, right? Like we're just headed down that road and everything goes off and we play these games. And I do think you're right. I think that's spot on and we've talked about that, that that Notre Dame defeating Clemson was the worst thing that could have happened to the SEC trying to get two teams in because Listen, I mean Notre Dame—they were missing at least four good, you know, starters, including Trevor Lawrence. Which, again, Ouiyang Lele was fantastic. Which I just like to say his That's name good. as many times as possible because I'm nailing it. Um, but it. <laughs> what, what you would what you would think is that Clemson, with Trevor, Clemson healthy with all of their players available, would have enough talent to beat Notre Dame. And I go back and look at it and go, all right, so if Notre Dame's only lost, is going to be in the ACC championship game to arguably, you know, a top five team, I'd have to give them probably the nod. And and, and it stinks because it's not fair that I would rip Notre Dame because I've used that same logic to go to bat for SEC teams in the past. And I just – I, you know, Doring made fun of me a couple of days ago because I said I've never missed the college football final four. I've always been on the same like, the, I've I've selected what the committee was selected, even though there's been some controversy in some years. And I'm like, I feel like that's how the 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 committee would take a look at it. The, and the only way to get teams in right now, is Alabama running the table, of course, then they would be in. That would give Florida their second loss. They would be out now. If Florida did beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, then I think you have that discussion, right? Then I think, all right, what's that game look like compared to Clemson Notre Dame game um, in the ACC championship game? And the only way now that Florida has a, or A and M has a chance is if the fact that Notre Dame defeats Clemson for a second time, which I don't see happening. Um, then I think A&M at 9-1 would have, a, would have a shot.
0: PB, what's more likely? Bo Pelini gets another year in Baton Rouge or you make a hole-in-one by the time 2020 is over?
2: Bo Bo play staying saying another year because <laughs> uh, that money, that money is guaranteed and uh, again I, I I was all fired up because I shot 68 yesterday and I'm like oh I can't wait to what? go out and play and then I and I shot and I shot 78 yesterday and it was just I was desponding because I thought I had found something special in the swing but it, no I'm never gonna get a hole in one that's that's my curse I get it I understand it I'm setting the bar low. And screw Greg McElroy for having one before me, but that's a completely <laughs> different story. Um, way I mean, the roller coaster, yeah. there. The the Polini thing to me is intriguing because, again, I look at it and I go, it's the same way I can't r- rip Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin because, you know. Like they needed a defensive coordinator, they felt like Bo was the right guy. What they didn't know is that they weren't going to have a whole spring to you know install his defense, and they weren't going to have a normal year to install what he wanted and get the players to buy in. Um, and I think that's the same thing that's happening in Athens right now. I mean, like everybody wants to rip Kirby, and I know that's easy, you know, easy pickings right now, but Kirby realized last year, okay. I can't have James Coley. I got to go find a good a good play caller. So he did that. Got Todd Munkin. All right, I, my quarterback room is is, is Jake fromm has gone. My quarterback room is what it is right now. I got to go get a quarterback. All right, I think Jamie Newman's the guy. So he go grabs Jamie Newman. So he made the two moves, but he didn't know twenty twenty was going to come up and, and kick us all in the you know what and not have a spring football season. So again, I I, I think that. As much as we love to rip people because it's in our, our, you know, our DNA is in being a part of sports media, I have been a lot more positive or at least understanding of bad circumstances because, I mean, these guys are working their ass off just to play football, much less you know, to, to, to do what they were hired to do on a high, high level.
1: I mean, I don't want to disagree with you, but just I, I, I want to tell you also, like, I mean, you can put you can do anything you put your mind to. You could definitely hate on Kirby Smart and the decision decisions he's made. this year. <laughs> just saying it feels like lean into it. It feels good. Um, OK, Connor, I'll be honest right now. And since it's PB, I feel like we can say this out loud. I don't know where we are in the dock. but I'm just going to say this better weekend storyline. Arkansas upsetting Florida without Sam Pittman or Tiger winning another green jacket. Give me Felipe Franks winning in the Woo! damn swamp.
2: I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, the Tigers got no shot, right? I mean, like like Arkansas can go down and catch Florida while they're sleeping a little bit, or coming off the big high wind off of Georgia. I could I could potentially see that happening, especially because of the rah-rah factor. And keep in mind, too, Barry Odom being fired from Missouri, and all of a sudden he's down in the swamp. Like, I mean, like, what if I woke, you woke up in 2020, and all of a sudden you're like, Arkansas football Sam Pittman's out with a disease that's ravaging the United States of America, and they carry off Felipe Franks in an Arkansas jersey along with Barry Odom, their uh, uh, interim head coach. You're like, huh? What the hell just happened? And, oh, yeah, by the way, D I. Sanders is, is coaching at Jackson State. And Lane's at Ole Miss, and, uh, and Mike Leach is at Mississippi State and wants to run off all his players. You would have been like, wow, I, I, this is a weird year. I, don't, I can't buy, I can't buy all the murder of, hornets. Um, <laughs> the mother hornet, mother uh, murder hornets, as well too. Again, I, I I would love that, not because because I, I really do like Florida this year. I would just love it for Felipe Franks, and I, I hope Felipe does play well because I think that's going to be an incredible storyline that unfortunately, you know, gets lost in a lot of the the you know, COVID nineteen headlines this weekend. PB, two quick hitters here. Um, you've got your wife's permission, you've
0: got SEC Networks permission, and most importantly, you've got Augusta's permission. How big of a mm. check would you write to be the lone fan to attend the Masters this weekend with a guest of your choice?
2: Oh man! Honestly, I, you're going to be surprised. Zero. I would. I would be. I what? would bequeath it. I would bequeath it to you guys and let you do it. Because here's the deal. What is I happening right now? I love like, Augusta. I love the Masters. It's incredible. But I wouldn't want to be the only people there. And the reason why I say that is that golf tournaments suck to watch if you really want to see what's going on. Like, I would want to go on Wednesday to watch the practice round. But, like, if you've ever been to the tournament, you can't see what you want to see. Like, Sunday at a PGA Tour tournament stinks because you want to watch what's happening if somebody's doing something on 15 or 16 or 17. Yeah, the roars are cool, but unless you can watch it all, uh-uh. No. So I, I want to be on my couch on Sunday, um, you know, like, you know, 30 Shiner box in and just in uh, watching that uh, and watching that game uh, or that tournament uh, finish up. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Last one. Give us a bull prediction for the weekend and I'll let you decide if you want it to be college football related or Masters related.
2: Um, I'm gonna go. What's the what's the guy? Is it Concrack the uh, the golfer Jason? Is that his name? I can't remember. I'm going. I'm going uh, that he finishes top ten, and I want to get crazy. I think that Bryson is going to. I'm. He's gonna have to like just dial it back. Like the game of golf after what he does this weekend. I think the USGA is gonna come out and start looking at limited golf balls. Like, seriously, I think, I think they're going to have to start looking at that because he's going to make one of the, the greatest golf courses in the world look like a pitch and putt. And there's going to be some conversations where the Masters is like, you're not coming back here and playing unless there's limited flight golf balls. Be, um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm joking, but I might be kind of serious there.
1: All right. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome into Two Minute Drill. It's just a rapid fire uh you know random question game we put two minutes on the clock never abide by that uh, i'm joined by our good buddy peter burns messy network how you doing man
2: uh good although how jacked up right now are my headphones in my headphone situation it's it's not good i own actually the nice uh what are they called uh earpods or airpods or whatever 95 percent of the time either i can't find them or they're not charged so sure. here i am right, here. This is right now the way it's just tied up like this it's nice Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a good look. It's a good look. I, I feel like Stetson Bennett of uh, head head uh, headphone games right now, just struggling to get this through the season at this point.
1: I mean, that's not a good omen because we're gonna play this game. We're gonna we're gonna keep track of the points too. Um, so we'll put two minutes on the clock. You played this before, but it's the first yep. time doing it like you know on air. I'm sure you're not used to that, so don't get nervous.
2: I am a little nervous. That's okay. Go ahead.
1: Here we go. Uh, your first question: What has been a bigger letdown, in 2020? This weekend or LSU in general?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm still punch drunk on 2019. So of that LSU season. So I'm definitely going to go with this weekend because I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to Georgia Mizzou and seeing what Bazelak can do. Like the fact that we had four games, at least right now, uh, being canceled, that that stinks, man. More football is better for everybody. So I'm I'm definitely going to say this weekend in general.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, Next question. What is tighter? What was tighter? The presidential race or Chris Doring shirts? Oh, easily.
2: I mean, because the presidential race was not that tight whatsoever. So I'm I'm gonna say it's actually the schmedium that uh, Doring wears. So it is. It's incredible because now I feel like HR is gonna start getting involved over at SEC (laughs) Network. Like I feel like at some point we're gonna be like, you know what? I'm pretty sure we saw the top of a nipple, and we just. That's just not going to cut it over here at the Disney uh, Corporation. So uh, I, I would imagine there will be a cease and desist in a schmedium soon.
1: There's a lot that uh, – I mean, he'll quit over that. And there, there's a lot that I didn't want to have happen in 2020, but a Chris Doring nip slip would not be my favorite thing to happen. Uh, okay, no. here you go. Uh, switching gears here. Most overrated Thanksgiving dish? Uh,
2: can I say all of them? Because I'm not a big fan. I'm like maybe, maybe – turkey to a certain extent – I mean, any type of – I mean, I are thinking? we going to – I guess, honestly, oh gosh, yams or kind of any – like, is that, is that an acceptable answer? I'm just it not means, a big – I'll be
1: honest, man. I don't even know what yeah. the a yam is. I just – I don't – I don't, it's just, yeah. it's just it's never understood it. Um, I did see a billboard. I'm not making this up in South Carolina. When I went home a couple weeks ago, it said it's yam season, baby. Mm. Which, you know, next I mean teach their own, I guess. All right, next question. Um, what is your go-to booze for a game day tailgate?
2: Uh, I'm going to go Crown Special Reserve. I'm a big Crown Royal guy, so that's, that's the way I'll go. Or Tito's Vodka, because I, I spent a lot of time in Texas, so I do love Tito's. So yeah. I'll go one to two. Although the days of uh, – uh having adult beverages and live tweeting games have definitely gone out of my life now that I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I'm definitely afraid of being hung over and having to deal with two children so uh my yeah. liver
1: thanks to me for being a parent now to <laughs> say the least um that makes one of us on the uh, the drunk tweeting thing but that's neither here nor there um speaking of family what happens first Georgia wins a national championship or me and my fiance actually get married
2: Oh, uh, well she's gonna figure out for the fraud that you are soon. Yeah. So I'm actually going to say that Georgia winning a national championship has a so, chance of uh, happening. Uh, what, what are you like over five at this point? We're over I mean, three.
1: We we like we had a we had a death and COVID twice. It is we are like it's it's just Pam and and, and Roy. It's it's I'm living the nightmare. So, but we're still getting wedding gifts. So it's like really not a reason to go do the. I was
2: gonna say life. just keep just keep ro- rotating it more and more, and just yeah. see how
1: many gift cards you can get. That'd be great. Very good point. Um, Okay, more electric intro. Stone Cold Steve Austin glass breaking or Jim Nance whispering over elevator music in Augusta? Hello,
2: friends. Uh, I will say this. That is actually my alarm clock alarm. So I bought the CBS uh, Masters theme and you can buy it for your phone. So anytime that, you know, when I do morning radio, I wake up around 5 a.m. or so to start doing some show prep for, for each show. And that is my early morning uh, alarm. Best three ninety nine I have ever spent, yeah. like ever, like like it's like you know everybody had the ringtones back in the day to so set that as your alarm. Just kind of calms it down. Day. Yeah, seriously, I'm telling. you. Like also, just,
1: it would lead me to taking like a four hour nap on the couch because that that's really the tradition, unlike any other on, on Masters weekends.
2: Uh, and Pac twelve football, but that's a different story.
1: Perfect, exactly. Next question: What name something less relevant than Pac twelve football?
2: um gosh big 12 football
1: i think that's fair to say that's the only time this year i mean um, at least
2: at least they're still involved in the, in the college football playoff right now big 12 is not
1: that's fair that's fair all right we have we have two more questions then i'm gonna i got a special round just for you because i know you're a big big rap fan and also from houston and also some louisiana ties as well so um your next question what is your bucket list concert uh,
2: bucketless concert. I would have loved well, cause see now I want to go into the DeLorean because then I'd want to watch like all of like some no limit and cash money millionaires had they had like a crossover and played like a post game LSU national championship celebration, like LSU wins it in the Superdome. And then all of a sudden you got juvenile coming out for the, you know, uh, incredible, you know, the only that would have been, proud, that would have been crazy cash money for the 99 and 2000 taking over,
1: like I would have been all in for it. That
2: would have been fantastic. Absolutely. I
1: love that. I love that. Um, okay. Uh, last, last question. We've talked about this before. You're, it's very cliche to have the dream foursome for golf with Masters weekend. What is your nightmare foursome? Worst foursome ever. Like mine would be Dan Wolken, my dad, and like anyone that like named Braylon. Um,
2: yeah. I feel like Braylon's a tough, Braylon Edwards though. I
1: don't know if he would have been uh, I don't know if he would Like a, like a you know it's like, oh, my oh God, got it yeah
2: uh first of all i'm going to say tiger believe it or not was my nightmare because i'd be so damn nervous i don't think that i would actually be able to like dial in and have a great time on it um how about um that's a good question i'm gonna say how about alex jones the conspiracy theory guy because <laughs> all he like i'm trying to have this nice like like and he would have his megaphone out like, just, Bird, like just conspiracy the theory right yeah he would just be yelling um i feel like feinbaum would have been my, my nightmare crew as well too because i a i don't like playing guys with don't go who don't golf at all yeah. and i feel like feinbaum he would have been like well i mean i've got to play because this is augusta yeah. so i'm out there but he shoots like 174 but never really makes eye contact makes, with anybody
1: like just like making snide comments all the whole time
2: yeah, I mean, but I mean, he's probably right because he normally normally is, but he'd still probably make the comments. Uh, I think that would probably be the the three guys filling out my foursome. What? No. I don't. That'd be an intriguing. I don't think we'd be invited back. We'll put it that. I, way.
1: I think honestly, I just I keep thinking of Alex Jones and and like getting like like behind the pace of play with the starter. Like that would just be a nightmare. All right, let's get you out of here on this. I appreciate the time. Um, rap lyric trivia, okay? Specifically Louisiana and and Houston edition. I'm gonna give you. What I, what I would consider very um, like no, like noticeable and, and, and common, like commonly well-known uh, rap lyrics. And honestly, okay. I know this is why people tuned in, because they, there's nothing people love more than seeing two mid-30s white guys talking about rap. So yeah, yeah. here's the first one. I'm going to give you the lyric. You tell me the, the actual uh, rapper. How you like me now, gold teeth when I smile, trying to take me out the ghetto, but I'm still buck wild. How oh, you like me now?
2: Golly.
1: Um, we'll give you a hint here. Yeah, Hooty hoo. hoo. Um, uh, is that master P? There you go. One for one. Oh, Lee. um, Jeez. okay. Here's another one for you. I pulled,
2: you know what it was? I knew the lyric, but you were so white in your delivery that it was hard for me to actually comprehend what you were trying to say.
1: So, you you know. got the answer right. There was no reason to even bring that up. I just, I mean, yeah, it's just so unnecessary um all right next one let me try to get some more street cred for this yeah I to the club vip gas tank on e but all drinks on me
2: boozy boozy Boo! right yeah got it okay yeah you have um, you're okay, a little bit better. here's
1: the last one for you i do live on sunday's church step up in that mother blinker, fresher than some certs
2: Ooh, i haven't heard certs in a minute That's um twice in this song. It's incredible uh, yeah. Kali, not – I felt like you were going to throw a Texas rapper in here, but I don't feel – like, is that, like, Slim Thug or Chameleon I don't know. Like, what do we no, got that here?
1: Was, that was Lil Wayne. And honestly, the only ah. uh, Houston rapper I, I know is, um, is Paul Wall. And the only, only thing he ever said that was noteworthy was, what it do, baby?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, grills, and you could you could have gone Bun B or Pimp C at any point. I would have I would have appreciated that of UGK fame. So yeah,
1: you were in a fantasy football league with those guys.
2: Yeah, Bun. Bun uh, well, well, Bun. Uh, yeah, Bun was uh, he was a good. It was him and Daryl Morey. So what an interesting uh group in that uh, in fantasy football league that we had a couple of years ago. To say least.
1: and guys that I have I've ever met uh only online. So that's a lot cooler story than I had. Let me add these up for you real quick. Wow, I mean, 69 points is a total. Very nice. nice. Yeah. Very nice. We appreciate the time, man. Um, have a fantastic weekend now that Bama's not playing LSU, and we will talk to you soon, man.
0: Later, boys. We've got a very special edition of Fourth and Wrong. In honor of the Masters, the Nightmare Golf Foursome. And this is a great idea that you came up with because it's, you know, everybody wants to throw on, oh, what's your dream foursome, and everybody gets into these, like, trendy golf topics. No, 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 no. I know we've been positive vibes only today, but I, I think we, we're allowed to be negative with this. Is that fair? I
1: mean, listen, dream dream, golf foursome, I get it, but it's very played out, it's very cliche. And on top of that, 2020 has not been a dream, it's been a nightmare. So I wanna hear your nightmare golf scenario. All
0: right, mine. And this is for that, you know, maybe I'm playing or maybe I'm caddying, maybe I was riding in the cart drinking beers, whoever, wh- yeah. whatever the case. Nightmare foursome, Clay Travis, <sighs> Dan Wolken. James Spader. Yeah, that's right. Robert California, you suck. And last but not least, and very topical, might I add, Mr. Tony LaRussa. Yeah, love a human being at age 76 who decides that DUIs, you know what? I'm above the law. I'm good. I'm a baseball Hall of Famer. Not only is he the coach of the White Sox, he's a former Cardinals coach. I think if you could diabolically, diabolically create a person that I hate, I think it's Tony LaRussa.
1: I honestly, I, it. It weirds me out how much you hate him. I get it because it's like the Bible standpoint, but um, I was talking about this with one of my friends uh, earlier today. Didn't, like, Aroldis Chapman, the year the Cubs win the World Series, like, get into some trouble as well? I feel, I mean, like, DUIs aren't great. But but also what's weird about this, Tony Larris has had multiple DUIs, and he yes. got them the same exact way as uh, Gary Pinkle did. Like, do you, I, do you remember this? Like So, like, Gary Pinkle, the former coach of for the Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't know if he fell asleep, but I just remember. I I didn't realize that they just both got wine drunk. Like, not often do you you hear like a a head coach, in charge of a bunch of men, uh, in a a sports team, got wine drunk and didn't drive home. Uh, But so yeah, I mean like, I mean driving drunk is not okay. Um, I I don't don't know why you hate him so much. But anyway, that's That's pretty good. My fourth or my uh, nightmare golf foursome. Dad, dad, dad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So mine is this like i don't want to do a, a political one because I, I thought like i would hate to play with biden or trump because i feel like they're both better at golf than me and i couldn't handle that if they're you know 75. but i said dan Wolken, jimmy buffett oh
0: yeah that's very you
1: um and i feel like i, I honestly cannot decide between cam newton or, or Trey Matthews, and I think it's Trey Matthews.
0: You said a lot of very bad things about Trey Matthews on this podcast—bad things that, quite frankly, Aaron Murray did not disagree with.
1: No, he did not at all. And, and I feel like Cam is also has like redeeming qualities, it, like to an extent. And it's also fun watching him lose now, so I'm kind of over it. And the Chris Cam Davis helps thing, the kids. Sure, okay. Um, but like Chris Davis, that was another one because just the kick six. But he also got you know, made a play. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't hate him for that. Um, Brian Greasy could also make it, or Ryan Clark.
0: Oh yeah, the, yeah. Brian Greasy's definitely one that I thought you would have yeah. in the
1: holster there. There you go. But yeah, final of, answer Bolton Jimmy Buffett, and I'll, I'll say uh, Trey Matthews.
0: Do you have the answers from CD and Hester? Do, I, do Well, that CD was did that not
1: respond uh, after um, the back and forth we had. I do. I have, can tell you. I, I can tell
0: you his nightmare foursome. Oh, tell me. It is. It is a size large T-shirt, a size XL T-shirt, a size XXL T-shirt, and a size XXX
1: T-shirt. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, And and then no mirrors in sight. So uh, Hester had a good one, and and, and we should be having one from PB coming up here shortly. Um, Hester said, I thought this was funny, because he he responded right away and said, Jay Cutler, the Vanderbilt Whistler, and Justin Thomas. Jay's going to have bad body language on every single bad (laughs) shot. The Vanderbilt Whistler is going to be annoying as blank. And Justin Thomas is going to be better than all of us and tell us how great Alabama is the entire time. And when he said that, I was like, okay, here we go. He's just saying because, you know, he's upset about LSU not being good. And then lo and behold, later that day, like three <laughs> hours later, Justin Thomas goes out of his way to answer a question about beating LSU by 70. So I, I could I could see that. Um, I thought that was a really good answer. I, there's some other good ones in here for uh, from, from the, the podcast group. Do you have
0: those pulled up right now?
1: Yeah. Um, so... T- just, just right at the top, Tanner Stars said, Elijah Moore, he's a Mississippi State guy, Paul Feinbaum, and Dallas Johns. <laughs> wow, that got Dallas? real personal. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay, these are all political, which is great. Um, somebody said, uh, Todd Garner said, grew up in Arkansas fan, graduated from Mississippi State. So, Chad Morris, Dan Mullen, and Les Miles.
0: I'm in a fantasy the SEC Fantasy League with Todd Garner, and I'm just cleaning up, by the way. I thought oh, yeah? everybody wanted to know that.
1: Everybody yeah, really, nice. really cared. Um, I'll tell you what, honestly, now that you, I thought you were going to say something else about a fantasy league, I might add Claire to my, my uh, nightmare foursome from The Bachelorette because she is the one. Oh, I
0: almost did. I almost did. She is just all sorts of awful. I have awful. gotten way too fired up about how bad she seems as a human being.
1: You know what really bothers me, Connor, is that I am, am also getting way too fired up, and every single person that made me start watching this, Allie, Paige, and, and Kristen, none of them are even watching it now, so it's just me. Um, also, I've now But Taisha's on now. It. Yes, she is. Um, okay, I've somehow lost the questions because I accidentally clicked a button. Uh, do you have them pulled up?
0: I will in a second here. Um, I think- Oh, I, think I got it, having... hold on.
1: Um, okay, Andy Gowen says, Hitler, John Wayne Gacy, and the milkman that looks like my kids. In hindsight, I wish I didn't read that one. Um, <laughs> Hitler would not be the best golf partner. That's fair. No, I think you I, could...
0: he's small. I don't feel like he would drive the ball very well. Well, you know, I mean, he's gonna find a way to cheat. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And yeah. and a cheating golfer is the worst golfer to play with.
1: I mean, sure. Like like, if you move your ball, it's like I don't know, like a tree root. Whatever. Um, yeah, right. but he's
0: he's also gonna be the guy that's not. He's he's gonna be way more angry at the bad shots than he is going to celebrate yes. the good shots. And that person in general is just a tough yeah. person to
1: play with. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't trying to defend him uh, moving a ball. I was thinking more for me cheating. But yeah. Ah, yeah. gotcha. Um, Daniel Bats- Batson, Lou Holtz, Cardi B, and Kim Jong-un. I would love to play golf with Cardi B.
0: That'd be that'd be really enter- entertaining, yeah. actually. I don't know. That'd be, you know, you could talk nukes. Yeah. I, I think that'd be... Not that, just that that's... I just I think, the whole time. Yeah, okay. That's a dangerous game, though. Yeah. Very dangerous game. Those are great. Those are really good. Hold on, we Nightmare. have like two more. We have two more. Got,
1: I want to read this one, because I think you're going to like it the most, Okay. Okay. Two, Chris Pleasants, Nick Saban, Bobcat, Goldthwait, and Carrot Top.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, Carrot Top, the guy who was at the same restaurant I was at right before everything got shut down. And my wife looks over to me and is like, that's Carrot Top, five feet away. And he's just like on 60-year-old woman. Because oh, <laughs> that's, like that's what Carrot Top does. It's like a Sunday you. night. Um,
1: yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait has one of the most annoying voices in the world. And for whatever reason, he became like a regular that sort of just dropping in as like a a famous comic at at, at the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. It was the worst. Um, Finally, and I'm gonna give this one as the winner. Noah Sims says, Mark Mangino, Bobby Knight, and Woody Hayes. My God.
0: Oh, man. There's no way they would finish
1: the round with four players. Mark Mangino would be out of breath, but he would try, I think. There's no way Bobby Knight or Woody Hayes would have actually finished the entire round.
0: Bobby Knight has never fixed a dividend in his life. No.
1: Ever. No. Ever. He's probably made like made them, even when he's not taking shots, just to out of spite. Oh, gosh, that'd be the worst. I'm not a Bobby Knight guy. Not a Bobby Knight guy. No, no. We're
0: going to end with some positive vibes. That was the goal today. Hopefully, we've got everybody in a positive mood. Wanted to read this email yeah. that I got from Tyler Parhalo, or Parhalo. I apologize if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. From Tyler. He says... Connor, I subscribe to the SDS podcast and enjoy listening whenever new shows come out. I subscribe to several Gators podcasts, but think SDS is the best quality audio flow topics and best overall as you discuss all games and avenues. As a Gator fan, I checked my phone about 50 times on Sunday to see if the pod dropped so oh, I could wow. listen. I enjoyed your breakdown of the cocktail party and really thought Marlar's statement on UGA being terrified that Dan Mullen can take a zero start QB and beat them, uh, you know, beat a team of five stars. I know uh, much more went into this game, but it was fantastic take on the situation. I don't believe UF has overtaken UGA by any means, but it's nice to silence UGA fans who are the first comments on every UF article on SDS. Always. Uh, I work... He says, uh, I work in Nashville and talk to other SEC fans all the time. One issue that's come up recently is coaches having a ride or die attitude towards their starting quarterbacks. We see it with Knicks, mm-hmm. JG, and Franks prior to leaving Florida, where coaches continue to play failing quarterbacks instead of replacing them and trying the backup. I love Mullen and hope he doesn't ever leave, but I've been calling Trask as a starter since his freshman year. Every time Franks would make a bonehead play, my friends and I would text that we needed to call in the Trask Force. Hashtag oh, Trask that's good. Force. He looked looked good in every orange and blue game and made big boy anticipation throws whenever he got a shot. If not for a low star ranking and the foot injury, he would have started much sooner. Wondering if this could come up on a pod as a topic: why coaches stick with struggling QBs versus someone giving someone else a shot. Like being raised on Spurrier, <laughs> yeah, being raised on Spurrier football, he yank a starter after one bad throw and then send him back in a play later to run the same play and get it right. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, I so uh, he's like, I like breaking tea. Uh, there's not necessarily a ton of uh, college-specific shirts just yet. Um, just about the coaches. This is a good suggestion here. I'm guessing that's due to licensing and you can't, like, use college athletes' names, all that stuff. So, like, that's a fair yeah. point. Um, he said, otherwise, hashtag TraskForce or... Story of a Hurl would, take, would sell like hotcakes. This is the anniversary, by the way, yeah. of Ty Story beating Arkansas as well with Western Kentucky. I, you
1: um, know what? I, I wish that um, – I, I would love to know if he would have bought a 1980 shirt because I still think that, that would have been a, – a Might have been. But, just, yeah. just
0: 1980 in, in Florida colors. I'm sure that would have sold like hotcakes. Uh, but, yes, uh, go, went on to say a couple other things, talking about like Hugh Freeze and stuff. Was really hoping you're going to bring up FSU struggles, but I get it. It's an SEC podcast. Great, great email. He says thanks again and keep up the great pod from Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. If
1: anybody ever wants yeah. to send
0: an email like that, that makes our days so oh much better. Oh my you, you didn't
1: get really mad does. about hot sauce one time. That, that was <laughs> no. For all jokes aside, I really appreciate that, and and uh, you know, and it was actually actually nice of him to give any kind of compliment to my reaction to the Florida game since I was wrong about it. Like, just couldn't have been more wrong about it. So
0: if you ever want to if, if in this 2020 year you ever want to send me an email like that uh, I'll be happy to listen to yeah. respond. I do that all the time or uh, a five C star review or a five star review that's even better yeah. Guerra at SaturdayDownSouth.com
1: also uh, I mean you know Petty Petty in me is a little offended that I wasn't included on that because I could have used I could have used that positivity uh, let's close out let's go um, into this weekend positively but I want to say one last thing Mickey shared me's three people Judas King Henry VIII and Brandon Walker incredible he's the winner
0: <laughs> let's walk off on that though yeah. follow all of walk our off. content on social media saturday down south podcast on facebook follows on twitter at sds at sec football at Vern funquist at the sds pod at cj o'gara marler dan wolkin clay travis uh anybody else that i'm forgetting what do we need to remember
1: <laughs> you
2: lost me wear a mask <laughs> Talk to you guys